live from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. This is About Last Night with Brad Williams and Adam Ray on the Toad Hop Network. All right. Let's go. Let's do this. About yeah. last night. Yeah. We're back in the heezy. I shouldn't be saying that. Whoa. There's our music. Yeah. All well, right. Well, who should be saying that? Uh, it's, uh, black people. Oh, they, right off the bat. They, Jesus. We wasted no time with any sort of racist. <laughs> well, no, because this, this is a true story. Uh, I was I did shows at Ventura Harbor Comedy Club this last weekend, which is a great comedy club. Where there are zero black people, I might add. Except the one, one that came to my show wearing a crown. You know what? If you're well, you know what? Good for him because if you are going to be the only other minority there, other than rich white people, right. you might as well like add to it and put a stamp on it, being like, "Look, I'm a black guy." And just in case you didn't know that there was somebody not uh, white here, I'm going to wear a crown. So I really was it a Burger King crown or like it, it was like this huge thing you win from like knocking down the milk bottles at a carnival. Like it was a huge <laughs> crown and milk I'm like bottles, the white milk bottles, the white milk bottles that the yellow ball knocks over. <laughs> Which is revenge for white man making the Japanese building railroads. Oh, wow. Thank you, Al Shopton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh. You're like, it, sir, just please take your stuffed rabbit and get the fuck out of here. He wore a crown to the show. That's incredible. Was um, he a good audience member? Did he you, was great. Did you talk to him? Yes. Oh, uh, hello. Yeah. You have to. The, <laughs> did you talk to the guy with the crown? I mean, the, I mean, I mean, yeah. And it was so funny because it's such a thing with, like, rich white people and how they don't want to engage any minorities. Because he walked in with a crown, no one looked at him. No, they, it was just like, what yep, that's a black guy wearing a crown. That's what they do. That's what they do. They wear crowns. I don't sure. know. Maybe it's part of that whole reparations thing. They <laughs> right. You also don't know. Forty acres of mule and a crown. <laughs> right. You also don't know what could uh, what, what a, a guy in a crown, regardless of his skin color, is up to. At a That's comedy, true. At 8 o'clock, if you're wearing a crown out at night and you're not acting like <laughs> it's a big deal, and there's no cape or like a uh, scepter. scepter. Yeah, you're right. Then, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you you probably get the idea that that person may not be mentally stable. And, sure. like, if you say anything to them, they could throw poo at you. Right. So, you know, it's kind of a thing you want to avoid. Sure. Anyway. Shows well, were good, though? Welcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was great shows. Great time. And, uh, yeah. You're getting ready for more. Uh, but now, let, let, let's focus on the About Last Night Episode podcast. Episode six. Episode six. Six in. Doing well. Uh, We've had a couple guests, uh, and we just seem to keep getting better and better guests. And, uh, uh, yes, absolutely. And the sex appeal keeps to continue oh my uh, God. to rise as we bring in. Oh, my God. This one, if you are listening to this on iTunes, go to ToadHopNetwork.com. We have all the videos of our podcasts uh, uh, up as well. You should be watching this one because our guest today, uh, you know him as the co-host of Loveline with Dr. Drew. He was on Dancing with the Stars. He's filled in for Regis on Regis and Kelly. And he, and he is, did a great job. He did a great job, and he's the best damn-looking man we've ever had in this studio. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Catherwood is here, everyone. Hey, Mike Catherwood. Thank you so much. Yeah, I like how you say uh, we're six in and, and the guests keep getting better. I hope that uh, previous guests don't hear that. Because <laughs> no, they're definitely insulting guys like Ralph. Oh yeah, established themselves in the entertainment industry. Well, Ralph, sure. Ralph knows how sexy he is. He doesn't need any sort of. Uh, you know, he, he knows. He, yeah. he he wears a leather jacket. He walks for in with a reason. leather jacket. That's Ralph a statement. really is a guy who uh, has a lot of like sex appeal. For sure. And I, I say that as a guy who I don't think I necessarily do. I mean, people compliment me. On my looks enough, and I and I appreciate it. it's very flattering. But I don't think it, whether or not someone says I'm attractive, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm 
sexy. I'm, the, I'm too goofy to be sexy. Like, Ralph has, like, the sexy <laughs> thing going, right. you know? Right. Like, 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 he's, like, the man's man and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, he does. He told, And, like, he looks like he'd be good at sex. Like, you, you get, I think you get right. the impression that I'd be, like, doing fart jokes and stuff. <laughs> well, because you, you know, looks you like do. he'd be good at <laughs> yeah. sex. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, that's been our show today. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But, but like, Mike, you told me something because uh, we were both on the Kevin and Bean show a few, a few days ago. Is that hey, how you guys met uh, originally, first of all? Well, we first met backstage at the K-Rock Weenie Rose concert where I was drunk and looked at Mike and how ripped he is and how good looking he is and I thought my my uh, Napoleon complex kicked in like I'm right. a 4 foot 4 dude I have to beat this guy at something right. so I just yelled at him like I want to challenge you to a push up contest and um, can you do a lot of push ups I can cause Brad, Brad can do uh, <laughs> Brad can do almost pro- probably like world record breaking amounts of push ups yes. yeah it's it's pretty Why crazy have you not tried to contact the Guinness uh, people I don't know I, I, you think that you think I get in for that for sure most push ups done by a dwarf in a podcast studio <laughs> that's but gotta be most push ups done without stopping by by uh, an LP would I guarantee you'd win right exactly so uh, so I I, I, I challenge Mike. Uh, Dr. Drew is, is is the judge. I do 109, and uh, Mike does 112, and he and he beats me. Now there 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 was controversy because sure. uh, Mike stopped at the top a few times to rest. I didn't know that that was in the rules. Apparently it was. Whoa! Yeah, so you got so, to check the, uh, the the fine print. Exactly. I but, was going by like the uh, like the old like uh, Navy SEAL slash like the new CrossFit type ruling <laughs> where oh, like, you can rest as long as you that you don't touch your knees or your body like you right. can rest in like the arms lock position right but either way uh yeah he's brad is champion when it comes to push-ups i mean he really is Woo! i'm impressed man are you know my respect for you just like jump notches right that's now, like. that people people ask how i get laid that's what i do i walk up to women in bars and go it's do you like want to be with a push-up champion <laughs> You want to be with that? <laughs> I, I, I can go up and down a lot and not get tired. Wow, What's up, bitch? You go. want some? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, Mike said, uh, like Mike said something at the Kevin and Bean studio because uh, we did a, a, a rematch with uh, different rules. I I won. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but by the way. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he won. Yeah. Uh, but Mike said something that boggled my mind. Is you you, you said that you are kind of like the David Cross character in Arrested Development is that you don't, like, you're kind of a never-nude? Like, you don't like taking yeah. your shirt off? I just got to the point uh, in the last couple of years where I take my shirt off even in the shower. That is boggling to yeah. me! Because there's photos of you on the internet. If you Google Mike Catherwood, you will see photos of you in a bodybuilding competition where you are just shredded. Yeah, you're uh, just the, everything a man the, dreams the to be. One, just, a, just, a, just to let our, li- our listeners know real quick, the uh, we will be talking about other things other than Mike's uh, upper torso area for <laughs> the rest for of the podcast. How much Brad wants to bone at least people. another thirty. <laughs> Once yeah. Brad tells Mike he wants to fuck him, we will move on. Which, well, let me ask you this though: which, you, if you were to fuck a dude, would, you you know what sure, I mean? This you, is the you guy. Got, you uh, gotta go with yeah, Mike. Like, I'm perfect for uh, the transition into gay sex because. If, <laughs> Do if you I'm get a, hit on by gay men? Yeah, all the time. All the time, if, and like uh, on social networks and stuff, I'm way more popular with, no with gay guys than I am with chicks. Wow. But I don't know if that's by virtue of the fact that w- gay men are more forward or if, like, I'm just more popular on the gay scene. But I have like it's a little bit of, of both. I have a kind of a gay look to me. You know. <laughs> no, how do you figure? Um, I mean, I'm really into clothes and stuff, sure. and I don't make any like uh, I don't I don't apologize for that. You know, I know it probably uh, goes against my my manly street cred, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm into like style and clothes sure. and stuff like that. Yeah, your and, hair's um, very well taken care of and groomed. And uh, outside of that, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I and I, the fact that you enjoy anal. 
Sure. I mean, there's the thing. Receiving. Well, I was say, while I'm, watching <laughs> Clay Aiken documentaries. If I'm going to be a top, uh, you, you, I'm the guy you want because my penis is barely not doing anal. Like, it's practically not doing anal because it's so small. It's just like, just. That's hilarious. Yeah. It'd be like. <laughs> my penis is practically not doing anal sounds like the great title for a Shel Silverstein poem, by the way. <laughs> Um, uh, my right at, right after the giving tree, right. my, my and after that plain cake surprise or whatever. That's exactly. Called. Wait, so you you shower with your shirt on? I d- I don't need more, but I used to get in the shower with my shirt on, and then I I turn on the water and then put the shirt on the towel rack with the towel, then shower, clean up, dry okay. myself off, put the shirt back on, and then so that okay. when I got out of the shower, I wouldn't even catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror. Right, because I thought it was one of those things. Because when I was a fat kid growing up, I would like swim with my t-shirt on because I didn't want to make the girls jealous that. that I had bigger tits than they did. But that was it. So I didn't know. <laughs> I I used to just not swim at pool parties where every what a bummer or or when, like when, like I go to the beach. I live in Venice. And, How uh, awful was that, by the way? It was pretty crappy. Awful, right? Because yeah. everyone's first of all, because everyone else is swimming, and they're like, "Well, why are you not swimming?" And I, and eventually, I started to have to like. Like commit to the lie because first it was like I don't want to swim, but what fucking kid does not want to swim at a pool party? <laughs> so then I had to start raising the bar. I'm like, ah, you know, when I was younger, I got a fucking shark attack, and then it was just like, <laughs> you know, and I started really committing. I was like, ah, I just I'm afraid of the water, and like my parents got divorced at a pool, and like I'm really sensitive to all this. And then finally, it's just like, look, man, I got fucking tits, and I'm nine, so just fucking leave me alone already. The story gets more and more elaborate. Yeah, it was, right, exactly. No, I just uh, napalm yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible yeah, yeah. Well, a mermaid fucking hijacked my family and held my face underwater (laughs) (laughs) it just brings me back to that moment but like what 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 enters your head like even during sex you you couldn't take your shirt off yeah i used to i used to have sex with my shirt on like tony soprano that's awesome i'm serious wow because for me it's like tony dan's also fucks with his shirt on (laughs) it's true just to let you know know so a lot of tony's fuck with their clothes on tony the tiger tony the tiger It's great, exactly. But like, did the, did your girlfriend or just one night stands or bus stop trainees? Did they ever look at you and say like, uh, you know, you're kind of good looking. Want to see you without the shirt? What's up? Yeah, I mean, when I was married, my wife used to always encourage me to do it. And then I and I eventually, I mean, I think it helped kind of break down that that barrier. And then mm-hmm. there were certain people uh, along the way, like you said, whether they be the random truck stop uh, lover or uh, <laughs> someone I was in a relationship. Well, truck stop lovers usually don't care about things yeah, like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they, they're they, like, look, you can well, cut a small hole in the uh, penile say, area. You can't see a shirt through a glory hole. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, that they, might they be on the bottom of a diet Pepsi uh, bottle cap. I think <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 would encourage me to try to do it, and then every once in a while I would kind of break down, and other times I would stay, you yeah. know, st- stick to my guns. Sure. Wow. Because the only other person that I know like that is Kevin Smith. Yeah. Kevin Smith is also kind of a never nude. He always has that hockey jersey on under like all circumstances. Like uh he, he told a story recently on one of his podcasts where the first time he ever like got naked in the last like twenty years was when he went to get a physical. Like and he had Jesus. to be. And it, but but it's like you look at the body dynamic, Kevin Smith is a lot different than Mike Catherwood. Sure. Yeah, but I think I think <laughs> the insecurity develops from the same place. And I, whether or not like Kevin Smith looks the way he does or I look the way I do, mm-hmm. it, it, those are just manifestations of like the same thing kind of playing out. I really I really think that. Really? Know? Were you like uh, mocked as a kid? Like no, I don't know. Actually, you know, I could trace back a lot of a guy who's done a lot of therapy. I've been mm-hmm. in therapy like half my life. And uh, what started the therapy? Uh, I think uh, I, I I lost. I I didn't th- know this, but I I was sexually abused. Oh shit! I lost my virginity when I was really young to a much older girl, and I just thought I was sweet. Like when you're in eighth grade, <laughs> I just thought I was awesome. Wait a minute, so you were. 
Yeah, because eighth grade, you're old enough to really kind of have some wherewithal to be like, all right, I'm going to consciously yeah, oh, yeah. engage in this. But, I thought oh. I was awesome. I thought I was, and I did it so that I could be the cool kid at school. Like, I didn't really want to have sex with How old was she? 19. And you were? 13. Wow. Wait, so that's sexual? Yeah, well, obviously. Yeah, and, and like, uh, but Drew, there, Drew's now telling me, of course. Dr. Drew's like, that's child-on-child sexual abuse. And I was like, no, it's not. It's just I was a young it's kid, kid it's that a, wanted It's to a get kid laid. being the most He's popular like, kid in school. No, that definitely had, a like, a, a, wow. a profound effect on how you look at sexuality and stuff like that. Do you remember the experience being, like, violating in any yeah, way? Yeah, it was horrible. No shit. Yeah, it was terrible. So, but leading up to it, you were like, hell yeah. She's like, why don't you come over? You're like, oh my God. Yep. You're trying to push down your boner the whole way there. You're like, this is going to be great. And then you get there. And she's got like syrup and strap, on, or how did it go down? <laughs> no, it was just like straight sex, but uh, but you don't have any say. In and it. I never like I was always like a guy who had a really close network of friends growing up, and I grew up, I grew up in a neighborhood where like I all my friends from kindergarten were my friends from senior year, uh, and and we I told them everything, and we told each other everything. I never told anybody. Wow. wow! I always assumed like my high school girlfriend was the girl I lost my virginity to. Wow! And I didn't start opening up about that till like Love Line era. No shit. Yeah. So yeah. you just kind of it happened, and you were like. Well, that was cool. Yeah. Not really. Not re- exactly, <laughs> and uh, and it totally tainted the way I look. No pun intended. Tainted the way I looked at. <laughs> she made you look retained for seven hours, and, and that was yeah. And I, I don't know. And I, 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 like I said, I could trace back a lot of the stuff that that happened to me, and, and kind of pinpoint where it developed from. But that's the, the whole body image stuff. I don't know because I have a, I have an overweight dad mm. who's like not. He's the complete opposite. My dad's. Pretty overweight, and he's total walk he'll around wear, the house. He'll wear <laughs> too top to yeah. target on yeah, Sundays. Yeah, he's that yeah. guy. He doesn't care at all. That's awesome. And um, and so I don't know where that developed from, but uh, it, it's certainly there. And I, I think it's just you know, I'm a guy who's obsessive about like super macho stuff. Sure. And it all that is is masking insecurities. Sure. I love like motorcycles and MMA and tattoos and stuff. And I think that a lot of that is just posturing. Of course. So Now, how did you start pumping yourself full of, because uh, then you did bodybuilding for a while. Yeah, and yeah, you were yeah. just jacked. So, I mean, what, what point do you say, all right, well, I'm in shape and I want to take this up a notch and like start putting some substances in my body and maybe uh, compete a little bit? Well, I was always like uh, uh, into like lifting weights, right. but never to be like, you know, Mr. Men's Health six pack guy. I just, when I was like, I was like kind of a jock in high school and we all started getting into like beefing up, you know, sure. before football season. I, I ended up being pretty good at it. I had a, like a natural gift for, for strength training. I was never fast or, or like agile, but I was a guy who naturally was pretty strong and I started to bulk up. And then when I was, you know, got got to college age, I was probably nineteen twenty. The idea came up that I could also look good too, right? Through it, you know, through like physical training and stuff like that. And I had some buddies um, locally who were like really ripped, and they were like, "You could get pretty lean quickly if was, you put your mind to it." Yeah, that was gonna be my question: like, who in the community that steps up and is like, "I saw you lifting weights, Mike," and I thought you, you know, got some maybe, real potential. Got some real yeah. potential, dude. <laughs> it, Try these pills. Swallowed by this protein shake and more pills. It happened, and not, that's not too far off from really how it got. <laughs> wow! It, it went well, down. that guy was me, by the way. I just want to tell you, I was wearing a mask. But My I, name is Travis. It's, it's, it's funny because, like, kind of the whole like drug culture kind of has, has a similar thing. Some guy, sure. some guy walks up to you and he's like, "Hey, man." I see you. You're not having fun, but I think you have the potential to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Here, here's some pills. Go have fun. Right. And, and then it's kind of the same thing. Wow. Especially with hardcore drugs, like you mm-hmm. know, I, I remember you went every like Cause you, cause, because you because you've had your someone, problems. You, oh you, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, I, you've had you, you, you've had your addictions. I uh, I was a bottom of the barrel drug addict, alcoholic. Yeah. The, the worst of the worst. I mean, I was that bad. Would you, would you say you'd be like in the drug hall of fame as far as like? Well, no, because like I, I, I there, my window was very short, but. Uh, 
you know, a guy called Loveline the other night, and he just off the top of his head asked, Mike, what do you think you'd be like if you still drank and used? And I, I without question, I'd be dead or in jail. I mean, oh, the, there's no doubt about it. You said, I remember, I don't know if this was on Loveline or on the Kevin Bean show. Now, you you had uh, talked about your absolute, like, rock bottom moment where you where you thought, like, oh, crap, like, this is where I, I, I need to get help. And it was just an insane story about... You thinking about Paris Poo? That one, oh, yes. That was that was not at all rock bottom. By the way, that's a terrible story. Wow, but it's that because, sounds like a great story. Because <laughs> there was because there was no real immediate consequences. That was one of those times where, even in the face of really extreme stuff, and I'll get into the story. Yeah, I I was like, my toes are still tapping. You know, and, <laughs> wow. and uh, it's funny because you can have really terrible stuff happen. You like this Bears Poo story that I'm about to break into, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't register. You could crash cars, get in bar fights, uh, have you lose the respect of your parents, end up in jail. None of that stuff seems to factor in. When I finally got clean after so many very vain attempts to do it before, um, it was it was a nothingness moment. I was sitting in a hotel room and I just decided I can't live like this anymore, and that was that. Wow, yeah, I think most people. For most people, it sounds like it is where they they are sober at some point, and they're almost like reflecting on what's happened before that, or, or they're able to see clearly some of the experiences you've had, and then you're like, all right, well, I guess I don't want to do that anymore, right? I, mean, I was rushed to the hospital countless amounts of times. Uh, doctors telling me, you know, you're you're, you're going to die. I w- I drank myself to the point where I I didn't know where I was. I, all these and still even things. after those doc after those doctors being like, you're going to die. You're yeah. like, where's my tequila? Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, without I did the total wow. Nikki Six type stuff where like the doctors. You know, when I moved to the East Coast for a short period of time, I started introducing opiate uh, like you know heroin into stimulant. I was always a stimulant guy. I loved meth and coke. I loved to be on edge. I loved to mm-hmm. be ready for action, gacked out. But then when on the East Coast, I started doing like speedballing. You know, mixing heroin, smoking heroin and coke and stuff. And uh, that's when I started to have like real health problem where I was going to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You know, you're one heartbeat away from it going going south. And uh, doctors all the time tell me like you you are really pushing the envelope. You're going to die. And that night I would go out and hook up. I mean, it was Jesus. But uh, <laughs> there was definitely suicidal ideology there. I mean, I didn't feel like I deserved to have and a now, life. I haven't done coke, but I've been around plenty of people who do. And I feel like, and I don't know if this is uh, consistent with you, but I feel like everyone who does coke at some point in the night. Uh, says like some just you know like uh, what do you mean I can't poop in here like I feel like there's just, I feel like it makes you just kind of lose your I mean you're you're hyped up obviously right your heart's speeding up sure. and you just and then you come down and then you need more and what 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 is it that really fucks you up though about it I I think that for me it it just changed the way you look at things it's not one of these drugs like like a hallucinogen or even like an opiate where you get the numbness of the tingling that that physical mm-hmm. for cocaine for me was that psychologically you're just so much more confident and you feel so much more comfortable in your own skin I got to hear that was what was addictive I got to hear I got to hear this Paris poop story right. again so I need I this uh, Paris I poop I need Paris poop I need this Paris, I need this drug Paris poop and Paris <laughs> poop are completely different stories so I head on over to uh, jolly old England because I'm mm-hmm. just getting out of high school and I'm, I'm going to be a rock star. I've decided and I'm I'm what this better place traveling to manly dude that is going to go and live my life and blah, 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 blah. And be a sure. Beatle. So I land in uh, London and I know from old punk rock documentaries, you go to Piccadilly Circus if sure. you want to get it on and right. pop. Yep. So I head on over there and sure enough, within a couple hours, I meet locals and we're partying, we're drinking, I'm getting hammered. Jesus. This guy tells me, uh, you know, if you buy 200 pills of ecstasy, <laughs> it'll be a much better deal for you. And you can have 
Uh, Within 15 minutes, that yeah. sentence is coming out directly no, towards you. No, like two or three hours. Look here, Mario Lopez. <laughs> so. Let me tell you how ecstasy can help these mashed potatoes hey, taste better. AC Slater, listen here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, of course, I was like, good idea. Buy yes, you, 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 you like buy into the Costco logic of pills. Like, no, I should buy in bulk. Absolutely. So we started eating ecstasy. <laughs> now we're already drunk, too. And they, they uh, the night goes on, and, and I say... Uh, you know what? What I really like is blow. Where's the blow? They're like, oh, London doesn't have blow. The the, the blow scene is in Paris. That's mm-hmm. where you need to go. And they're like, <laughs> well, let's Who's go. Who's buying the channel tickets? Right, and go on. <laughs> just so right we, there. So we head to Paris. Wow. That's what fucking drugs like. Quite a, right. You, yeah. you, it doesn't matter what's happening. You'll go wherever. It could. They could have been like, look, man, they're in Asia. You're like, fucking. What's the time change like? You can't motivate me yeah. to go rent a movie now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 the video store, uh, three three miles away. Uh, there's a red box uh, tin, video store bin. on your fucking website yeah. now. You just uh, get on your computer. Uh, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to Paris. <laughs> to get some powder. Yeah, don't speak French. Don't know anyone there. Don't have whatever. Let's yeah. go. Let, let 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 let's score. That's insane. Head to Paris. Land there. Hook up well. Guys, no Jesus. good. So, I, and now it starts to get really uh, hazy. But I remember, like, this great moment where I, I really felt like I was the olive branch of, uh, of dip- diplomacy to all these different nations because I taught all these people how to cook crack. <laughs> and they had no idea how to do it. And I was like, <laughs> let me show you. I took them and we cooked crack. Wow. Now, now, did you show them in the very, like, cooking show-esque style, or yeah. was it very much yeah. like, no, first I, of all, you've got your pipe, and then you've got your crack, and then you've got your, you know, cinnamon oil or whatever? Oh, nice. Yeah, all you need is the EVOO. Let's break it <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, No, I totally broke For it sure, down. Yeah. And they were looking That's at me great. like I was this Fengali of drugs. Uh, and we all started smoking crack, of course, and we had, like, a, a fake uh, uh, homemade pipe that was, like, a, a bunch of rolled-up uh, tin foil. You know, they say you should never smoke out of it. With stoners will say, sure. well, you get Alzheimer's, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm smoking crack. I know. I'm not really concerned about forgetting things when I'm 65. Well, I'm, you can I'm get good. Alzheimer's if you smoke out of a can. Is that what you said? That's what they say. I don't know. But like, Fuck. I could care less because I was smoking crack right. at the time. The heroin guy's like, well, don't do this. Sterilization. Right. Like, that, right. i got to be healthy. Right. Don't No, I, I don't eat bacon. So, <laughs> starts with crack. Uh, still drinking. Still partying. Sure. I still wow. have the exit. I don't know where that went at this point. Now it also Probably really anybody. Murky. But next thing I know, I, re- I, I wake up. And I am in a hotel hallway, not a hotel room, mm-hmm. a hotel hallway. It's comfier than the bed. Wearing nothing but boxers, which are filled with shit. Okay, so let me recap for you. I'm in a land where I don't speak the language. I don't you know that, where ladies? I'm staying. I don't know where my luggage, passport, money, or keys to where I might possibly be staying is. Wow. And, I'm in, and I, have, I have shit, shit in my pants. How do you did, did, did a maid service come by and be like, "Do you need uh, fresh towels for no, your shit like, drawers?" I, I walked to the to the elevator. Boom. Sure enough, I'm like, "Please don't let anybody in there." Yeah, elevator was. It's Packed. full. Oh, like, oh god! I'll wait for the next one. Oh, wait for the next one. <laughs> People are like, "Look at you! They're just tatted out, roided out American with shit in his pants." Right. So. Boom! Next one comes up. There's only a couple people. I was like, "Fuck!" So I just walk back with my back to the wall so that no one can see I have shit in my. Yeah, pants. but it's reeking, right? Yeah. And oh my god. So how? So you're getting a lot of like those because elevators are already super awkward. No one's really talking. Even if they are, 
it's very like quiet and everyone's listening to the comp. So I mean, so I hot imagine, today, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. you're walking in with, with shit shorts, like, and everyone. I mean, are you just getting like little kind of glances and, yeah, and people I, going as if like speak English? They weren't oh they weren't Americans or Brits, so I'm like, I'm sure they're talking shit about sure, me, sure, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> so I finally get down, and I remember walking out into the, out into the lobby, and it was like a, a bunch of windows, and it was so bright because it was daytime, and I hadn't like slept or seen daytime in so long. Right. And I was just, so now I'm. Faced with, well, I don't know where I'm staying or where my luggage went or wow. anything. So I go back into the hotel that I just came out of. And right. I go to the front desk and I was like, please help me. Did I come in here last night? And they said, uh, the, someone was working the overnight shift. Let go again. So the guy, guy speaks English, comes back. He's like, you came in with a bunch of people. You came in, uh, you were already in your your underwear. You came and I was like, no, this is bullshit. <laughs> oh, wow. You gotta be kidding me. And I was like, well, where am I staying? He's like, you're probably staying across the street because there's a hostel, and I, I would imagine that you checked in there because a bunch of people who travel, young college kids like yourself, sure. uh, assuming that I was in college, which is crazy. <laughs> um, so I go back over there. Sure enough, guy at the front. Yes, here you go. I was like, okay, I don't have a key. So he's like, oh, well, I'll walk you up there. Gives me a new key, and it's like a like an actual physical key, not like hotels nowadays. Right. It's a key. I walk up the, but the thing, my door is open. It's oh like the deadbolt that you, uh, that you like, you know, you deadbolt up and you lean it up against. It was, it was doing that. It was like a jar right. leaning up against the deadbolt. So I, I have this moment where I take a deep breath and I'm like, there's probably something I don't want to see on the other side of this room. <laughs> oh my god! I push it open. My clothes, my luggage, my my passport, everything perfectly laid out on the bed. A bunch of plastic cups, half filled with wine and beer, and empty beer bottles and wine bottles all over the room. What? Bunch of cigarette butts, some of them with lipstick on it and stuff like that. So I clearly had a party. Right. Don't remember that at all. Uh, decided it was a good idea to take off my clothes and then go wherever they were going and then shit myself. <laughs> Whatever happened in between that, I don't know. I could have wow. raped. Wow. No, you definitely oh, were well, raped. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, best case scenario. Wow. <laughs> so... Man, uh, I, it's like we well, have, you know, I got, that lives up to the Paris Pooh story, and I quite honestly <laughs> exceeds my expectations. That I mean, that's a Jesus Christ. But you see what I'm saying? Like, th- th- there was no real consequences for me, right? I just showered, put my clothes back. You're on, like, wow, yeah. like, let's do it again. <laughs> Apparently, I'm incredibly neat when I'm high. <laughs> I fold stuff. I turn into a Mexican maid. Awesome. That whole experience <laughs> did not even make you think twice about doing it again. Oh no! In fact, you were like, let's see if I can uh, go two for two in Paris. Oh. That's never. That's a see world record. I, let's see if I wake up in Amsterdam. Uh, we have to take a quick break. So, a lot uh, more talk about Dancing yeah. with the Stars, Regis, Loveline. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, this is about last night. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Surprise your woman in the bedroom. Go to adamandeve.com and receive 50% off almost any item, a free gift, three free DVDs, and free shipping. So go to adamandeve.com now and enter Toad Hop. Hey, it's Heidi and Frank for scorebig.com. There's been two ways to get tickets up until now. You can go to the venue or team site and buy your tickets directly. Or you could go to the big ticket sellers, the scalpers, if the tickets for the really big events are sold out. And you can pay way, way over face value. Who wants to do that? Who would do that? Nobody! That's stupid. You don't have to do that anymore. Thanks to scorebig.com, a great website where you always pay less than retail. And you never, ever, ever pay any ticketing fees at scorebig.com. And you can save up to 60% on tickets. Every ticket on the Scorebig website is below retail price. Guaranteed. Great events. Lakers, Clippers, Kings, USC, UCLA, Basketball, Disney Hall, Kevin Theater. 
mention specific teams in a list. Well, you did. <laughs> and uh, I think that's uh, perfect the way you did Those that. were teams in Southern California, but scorebig.com is everywhere. everywhere. I just had a, I got a Global. Tweet, I got a tweet from a guy saying he's got his Giants tickets and he saved 30%. Awesome. Thanks, scorebig.com. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, not just nosebleed seats, everything from the floor to the rafters. And again, no service or shipping fees ever. Your offer at scorebig.com is what you pay. Always less than retail, never any fees, scorebig.com. Then type in Heidi and Frank to get uh, the, the passcode. Skip the line. Yeah. Start shopping right away. V- get your tickets today. VIP treatment. Don't here. wait. <laughs> type in Heidi and Frank. Do it right now. What are you still sitting here for? S-C-O-R-E-B-I-G.com. Proof why I was never a cheerleader. I can't spell. There's more proof than that.
Now back to About Last Night. On the Toad Hop Network. Yeah. I like I, I like our official back to song. Yeah, right? Allison Chains. It's always uh makes you want to punch somebody. Too bad my arms are tiny, I can't reach you fuckers. You can punch somebody. <laughs> yeah, but it's like cute. Children. It's yeah. adorable. It's, it's adorable yeah. knockout. Midget punches someone and like, he's trying to be normal. It's so funny. Oh. It, yeah, no, it is. It's like it's like that time when like when, when when like your bird says something. It's like he's trying to be normal. He's trying he's trying to be human. Right. It's so it's so adorable. <laughs> right. It's a midget going, ah, that's cute. <laughs> uh this is this is the About Last Night podcast. We are back, uh, co host Adam Rain. Our guest, uh Mike Catherwood, yeah. which you know from Dancing with the Stars, a co host on Love Line, Kevin and Bean Show. But what and, I want to talk about is you filled in for Regis. A couple uh, times, yeah. Fucking A, man. How, 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 what's it like when you get that phone call? That Hey, was it we, Regis? Yeah, I, I Mike, thought... Mike, I've heard you on Love Line. <laughs> yeah, Regis says his own you, cold calls. You talk, about, you, you talk about your balls. Well, you talk about drugs. It happens, you went through some shit. So, this happened so, in such a weird fashion that uh, I, I definitely thought it was, uh, you know, Ralph for Kevin right. and Bean fucking with me because... Mm-hmm. Uh, they they called me and told me that I had been I had won some contest to co-host the show that I did not even know I was entered in. Who entered you? I I, I guess listener. It would they do like a rate back when Regis was still on the show. They used yeah. to have consi- like a week worth of fill-ins with a theme. The okay. men of NYPD. Right. The men of uh, uh, Major League Baseball. So they did they did the men of radio and they were. Okay. Uh, I guess listeners had to nominate the people that they thought oh. would be good radio personalities. Wow. So then I found out I'm like in the top ten. It's uh, an honor. Narrowed down to the ten, and I was like, "What? You got to be kidding!" Who this else is was crazy. in the category? Uh, Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't. Seacrest. The, yeah. There wasn't that many people that I had heard of except mm-hmm. for uh, uh, Mike from Mike and Mike, but yeah. not oh, okay. Mike Goldberg. Mike, uh, yeah, Green, Greeny. Mike Greeny. Mike Greeny. Yeah. Mike Greeny. Uh, he and then uh, this guy uh, Fitz, who's a uh, country western um, uh, radio personality, but he also is a, like a, a talk show host, sure. and he's real good. I knew him because Bean knew him. He, he, I guess he yeah, emanates out of the Pacific Northwest. Kevin Bean, but the right. rest of the guys turned out to be um, to mm-hmm. got to. I got to find out are like really. Ball and ass radio personalities sure. in their own little pocket. Number one in Dallas, number right. one in Miami. Right, the, uh, those kind of Bobby guys. Bones are all like really big time radio personalities. Right. I was just, I was blown away that I was even involved. So then we hit the airwaves. Because at this point, were you on Loveline? Were you the co-host on Loveline, or were you? Uh, were you the? Yes, I was. Okay, I, but but like, I mean, weeks in of hosting Loveline, so barely. Yeah, I was just, uh, but I was. You were at the both. bottom of the totem pole, experience wise, as far as like, well, I mean, not experience wise, but with Loveline being. The thing that you were going to be like known for? Yeah, I guess I, I guess so. But I mean, the boot camp of Kevin and Bean, right. and I, the fact that I was there for so long, it really is so much more intense than any other. Like, oh, shit. like yeah. because Kevin and Bean, more so than pretty much anybody out there, guys, especially guys of their level of success, they give you massive airtime. They're not afraid to just throw you to the wolves. And and I mean that in a good way, yeah. and, and allow you to just fend for yourself. And and having to keep up with guys like Ralph. Who's super sharp and funny, and right. Kevin and Bean both themselves, and then keep in that world and stay stay afloat. Uh, it really does prepare you for practically anything sure. from a broadcasting. Absolutely, standpoint. and one thing I, one thing I wanted to mention is like when they say hard work pays off, people don't realize that at, at for a while you were doing Loveline at night, which goes until what midnight, which Kevin goes until midnight, midnight. Yeah. and then you were also on the Kevin and Bean show to where you had to be there at studio at. 5 a.m.? Yeah. The, well, the show went live. For me, the show went live at 5 because we do the first half hour as a, as a replay, and it was my sure. responsibility to play that replay. Wow. So I'd get up. Uh, yeah, I'd be on the air till midnight and then have to get up around 3.45 Jesus. to get back into the show. But then also, you got to remember, I was working at E! 
uh, e-television that at that period too. So then I'd have to be at the Comcast building here in Los Angeles at noon after the Kevin Meade show and film till about four or five in the evening. What the fuck? So then I'd go home, catch, catch a two-hour two hour nap, nap, yeah, and then do Love Line at night and expect it to be sharp for all three of these. Things. And, and, and that's and that's why cocaine is awesome. And here's where the relapse happened. And so so they call me up. They they tell me I'm down to the the top ten. Kevin and Bean go on the air with it, you know, encouraging people to support me. And the Kevin and Bean listeners and Loveline listeners were amazing, and they did. And there I was. I got they picked me to be on on Regis and Kelly. So I go and I do it. It's surreal. They right. call me a couple weeks later, like come back and do it again. Jesus. Then wow. Dancing with the Stars hits from it, and then they're like, come back and do it again during the filming of Dancing with the Stars. And then I came back as a guest. So it just became like this really we just, So Regis and Kelly uh, propelled you to the Dancing with the Stars. Wait, without question. How was, uh, I mean, just how was that experience with uh, Kelly? Was she uh, was she nice? Was she like, was she giving? And uh, Kelly is exactly like she is on the air. She is uh, off, off, off air. You might assume she turns into this raging bitch mm-hmm. as soon as the cameras goes off. She has, uh, she is like, like Steve-O. I mean, in that, just by virtue of being around her, you're in a better mood. She has such an effervescent, positive energy about her, and she's not. It's not Hollywoodsy bullshit. She's mm-hmm. not trying to you know blow smoke up your ass. Yeah. She's just a genuinely sweet, bubbly person, and you just want to hang out with her. Do you, you feel know? pressure to fill in Regis's shoes when you're there, or does she kind of make you be like? Was, but now it's it's not the Regis and Kelly no, show. It's the uh, Mike and Kelly. Yeah, I, got out, I got that out of my system early on uh, because of going into Loveline. I made such a concerted effort and 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 uh, you know paid the price for it to not try to be Adam number two because right. right. Corolla was such big shoes to fill and I knew sure. that I could never be as good as him and, and and so I had to really make sure that you don't do a a hackneyed impersonation of, of Adam and that's the same thing I went into doing with with Regis and Kelly I was like Can't don't try to be a younger Regis sure. just be yourself and hope for the best. Was it weird knowing that you look pretty much exactly like Kelly's husband? <laughs> it, it was, it was, and she I tried to play that. it up and like be cutesy about it. Right, on right, the right. Air, and they did like a split screen, and, yeah, yeah. and everything was fine. I thought that that was a great. Move. Until you were like, "Well, let's actually put this, uh, put our money where our mouth is. Take your pants off, Kelly. No. Yeah. We'll be right back." Until it was a snow day in New York City, and Mark Consuelos, her husband, is there on set with the kids. So I get done talking about how I'm a younger, better version of your husband, and the guy's in the hallway, and he's a machismo kind of Latin Latin dude. Right? He was dead serious, eyeballing. He wasn't having it. He was not having it. Wow. He said anything or just kind of stayed down. It didn't happen until uh, it did not until we had a conversation for about ten minutes. Did he ease up a little bit and realize I was just kind of fooling around? He he turned out to be incredibly cool guy. But for a moment, it was like serious, dramatic, like Latino, like merengue music playing. He's like, "Hello, my friend." It was a literal. You're talking shit on air about me. It was, when I get angry, I talk like Antonio Banderas. You dirty motherfucker! It was a literal Mexican standoff. Yeah, wow. And then, and then like, and then like, he's got his kids there. He doesn't want his kids like thinking like. No, that like was his dad. kid. That was his son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark's finally being like, "Hey, take it easy, guys." <laughs> I've been, I've been, cha- I've been shaving no, my chest there since age five, <laughs> preparing for this moment. <laughs> no, Dad. I'm seven years old. I'm too sex. No, Dad. <laughs> and then to do something like Dancing with the Stars, which is is one of the t- top shows on television. Yeah, still. and uh, who was in your uh, cast? Heinz Ward, nice. uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Chris Jericho. Um, yeah, I think I think Heinz won it that year, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah. Kirstie Alley. Wow. Yeah. And you did not outlast Kirstie Alley. I was I was eliminated first, Brad. So you could say I did not la- outlast anyone. I was eliminated first. I mean, but I mean, that's. 
Does she think. really smell like Velveeta cheese, or is that just a rumor? <laughs> no, she actually, in person, she's like, like, really. I mean, don't get she's, awesome. she's overweight. But, yeah, but you know, in man, person, we've all she's got like, issues. like, got a definite, like, still, like, Sex you're appeal. a hot chick. Yeah, I mean, you're sure. a really good looking woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and for her age, people forget, she's like, she's almost, she's coming up to 60, isn't yeah. she now? What? Yeah. yeah. Like for like for she, age, she looks she, good. She yeah. and I, I like Chrissy a lot because she is a throwback to old Hollywood, where now people mm-hmm. try to play down this kind of sense that they're a celebrity. Kirstie Alley has no problem pulling up in the Bentley, <laughs> reading a script, yeah. carrying her assistant around with her. I she loved it. Shit. I was laughing at the whole thing. Hold my poodle dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's awesome. also got that sexy, that sexy raspy voice. Oh, that wasn't sexy. That was Kirstie Alley. That was Kirstie Alley, and that was sexy. Well, I mean, yeah. And Whoopi Goldberg, I feel like. Well, I mean, Whoopi Go- I'm just saying have raspy voices. Whoopi's isn't sexy. I don't have Whoopi on my desktop screensaver. I like when Whoopi gets mad, she gets, like, way black. You know, like, sure. that's when she, it comes out. Yeah, she normally she, she just talks. Because usually, you know, like, well, you know, well Mitt Romney's coming out right now, and I don't agree with everything he's saying, and I'll tell you another thing about that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like old school, yeah, too. Yeah. You know, she does not fuck around. It's like the guys on the plane and uh, airplane. She's got a thug side inside of her, right? I think so. Well, I mean, because, uh, cool, like, where she had came a, from. Right. And then she's, she's been suppressing that all that time, so then eventually when it comes up, up, and every job she's had has been like, you know, whether she's playing a nun in a movie or she's now sitting next to Barbara Walters. She's a coach of the Knicks. 10 a.m. What? Right. <laughs> right. Eddie. 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 Great movie. Great Be- movie. People forget how classic. Little shout out to Eddie right now. <laughs> what a great movie where a fan can be sitting there and instantly I mean, become the coach of the New York sure. Knicks. And it's yeah. Whoopi Goldberg of all people. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, how much training do when you're on Dance with the Stars? Yeah. How how much rehearsing is that? Because yeah, do, you, do you go in being like, I'm a fit dude, I know how to move, uh, I can pick yeah, this I mean, up. Yeah, I mean, because I I have a, I really did want to be a, a musician. We were talking earlier about how I thought I was to be a rock star. I, I I planned on being a musician. I really did. So I have musical, I have rhythm, and I'm an athletic guy. So I assume like I'll be all right. And then mm-hmm. you, you realize it's the not training's like intense. it's not like going to the club and dancing. Ballroom dancing is such an art. You thought form. you're just gonna have a group of girls out there and just right. grind on. I'm gonna fist fist pump and get some votes. All right, right. and uh, it's ballroom dancing is incredibly difficult, and uh, it's really time consuming. It's not that physically demanding, but again, maybe it wasn't physically demanding for me. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm the most fit guy in the world. It just wasn't all that physically demanding. It's incredibly time consuming, and you do train six, seven hours a day every day leading up to it. Um, uh, But it's it's incredibly, and I know this sounds really silly. But it's incredibly psychologically demanding. When really? you know you're going to go on TV in front of that many people and do something you know you're bad at. That's true. Because think about it this way. And people will expect you to be good, though. because You they... try stuff as a kid. Mm-hmm. You try a bunch of stuff. And then you figure out what you're good at and what you're not. And then you jettison the stuff you're not good at. Sure. Uh, as an adult, to consciously do something you know you're not very good at is a really weird, uh, it's a really weird feeling. And it right. gives you this odd fear. I mean, a really... Um, my teeth chattering, goosebumps on me, fear. Sure. And, and then, then you're in a surreal world because you're, right before the first episode, you're looking out on the crowd and you're like, hey, there's my dad. Hey, there's Hugh Hefner and Franco Harris. Hey, there's Master P. Hey, there's Kim Kardashian. Like, what am I doing? Oh, What's going on? And there's a full symphony doing chameleon air songs. You're like, I, where am I? 
that. It's crazy. And then on top of all of that, you have 40, 40 million people watching you or so whatever. The pressure the just becomes insurmountable, and you just you, you get in your head about it. And if you, you just think about what's actually happening and what maybe the repercussions could be from you fucking up. Is nah, because like I knew, like I was, I was, I I planned on not doing very well because my celebrity status is was by far. Sure, the when you're next to Heinz Ward, yeah, and, like, and, and, and I'm not a very good dancer, so I didn't plan on going and doing well. But it, it's like I said, a it's the male ego more so than like what what are the repercussions going to be to my career because I knew if I went out right. there and crapped on the stage it'd still be better for my career because I'm 33 <laughs> million people are watching me exactly and you, when you work in an immediate not uh, an anonymous medium like radio having that many people see you is just great have the and, face yeah, yeah exactly. uh, but but I, I I was more scared from like I said the male ego knowing I'm about to go out in front of everybody. And do something I know I'm crappy at. Right. You just don't like try to show off your crap. And and, and by the way, <laughs> well, grind, unless grinding you're in England and you're yeah. in the middle of a hotel hallway. And by the point. way, grinding with the incredibly attractive Lacey Schwimmer. Yeah. Who? How did you not get a boner? Is that David Schwimmer's I wife? Did. I used to what? get boners all the time. Like on while while dancing with her all the time. And, I, and was she cool with that? Yeah, I think she was. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Based on that, yeah. Uh, and then I think she obviously, was. Obviously, no, obviously, when we're trying to do something serious, that is her profession. She likes my rock hard cock was, yeah. rubbing up against her. I bet she was accepting of it because she knows that. Uh, I'm sure she's dealt with a few boners in her life. And right? also, I for the first time there was like a guy she could actually receive the boner from as her as her part. She had only up to this point had Lance Bass, married guys, and Steve-O who was in a relationship during the time. He, right. So oh. for, so for one yeah, she dude. was like, like alright, here's <laughs> there you go. Okay. boner in my leg ain't so a, bad, you know? A boner in <laughs> my leg ain't so bad. Uh, coincidentally, another Shel Silverstein poem. And, a boner yeah. in my leg ain't so bad. And uh, the title of my next album. <laughs> yeah, a boner <laughs> in my leg ain't so bad. <laughs> That'll work. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, this this is great. Uh, Mike Cather is here. He's uh, at on Twitter, follow him at Mike Catherwood. Listen to him on the Love Line show. But now we're going to get to our, I don't want to call it our staple bit, but I Your think we only have one. Signature bit. Yeah, signature bit. I mean, it's, it's, it's what's gotten us uh, a lot of uh, action in the Netherlands. Anyway, this is the Celebrity Serenades, everyone. And we have Mike Catherwood here. And uh, so Mike, what happens? Yeah. So what happens is we we have a, uh, celebrities, uh, some obscure, some popular, that mm-hmm. uh, come into a bar, and uh, there's very swanky saxophone piano music that Gint will set up for us. And basically, uh, you're the celebrity in the bar, and we'll set it up. Uh, Brad, or I, Brad, Brad, or I will be the girl, and somebody will be the bartender, and and set you up um, uh, as to buy the girl a drink. And then uh, in a very sleazy, all these celebrities have a theme uh, in common. They're just dirty, sleazy pieces of shit. <laughs> So whether or not that's their real persona, uh, it is for this sake. See, it'd be better if I could invent a, uh, a, 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 an impersonation where it was like a really moral good guy. But <laughs> everybody that I do impersonations of are already that guy. All know? right, well, there you go. So we'll see how it goes. We could start well, off being at that guy. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll do one just so you can kind of see how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a voice where I can do one? or Sure. You know. Should I be the chick for the first one? Yeah, well, I would much first, like the music. I would again. like to be looking at you when I'm trying to pick up on somebody. Right. That, that, that would help. Fair I think... A little song for this, by the way, like something at the beginning, so that we can be like, it's time for celebrity serenades, and it can be, yeah. like, you know, you know what we we celebrity we had a fan, yeah. We right, are you guys rolling? Because I'll I'll do a theme song for you right now. Ready? Let's get that music up, Kent. It's time for celebrity serenades. Let's hope that the girls they talk to don't have AIDS. Perfect. Yes! I mean, that's perfect. I Sexy know. and an AIDS joke. <laughs> Sexy <laughs> and informative. 
exactly. Yeah. That's good. That's good Thank sentence. you, Mike Heatherwood. Uh, you know what? I'll do one because I haven't been doing many, many of these because I don't have many voices that I do. But uh, this is going to be Eric Cartman okay. going to a bar. And, uh, All right, so Mike will be the girl. I'll right, be the no problem, no problem. Uh Excuse me, miss. Uh, I've got a uh, gentleman here that would like to buy you a drink. Oh, great. Thanks. Hi. Hi. What, what, what's going on? Oh, you know, just chilling here with my girlfriends. Oh, oh, oh so you got other girlfriends? I want to do some really fucked up shit to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? What? What do you say? I want to do some stuff to you. Oh, well, what type of Ma'am! This girl's being a dildo! You brought your mom to the to the bar? Lower your voice, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, yeah, but my mom to the bar? Who, who, who's gonna buy me the cheesy poofs? Wait, um, I don't know if they have cheesy poofs here. At- of, course, of course they got cheesy poofs! Every bar, every bar that wants to be good has cheesy poofs. And they don't allow Jews. Well, I, I'm actually I'm Jewish. I'm wait. Sarah Goldstein, nice to meet you. I, wait, you, wait, wait. Did you wait. say something anti-Semitic? Uh, your name is, your name is Sarah Goldstein? Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Good, Good car, man. So, celebrity serenades. Um, so that that's our that's our thing. Alright, I'll throw one up here real quick. Okay. Uh you wanna be the bartender for this one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh hey miss. Hello? Uh yeah. Um this guy right here, this gentleman right here, he wanted to buy you a drink and uh, possibly talk to you. Is that all right? Oh, uh, yes, fantastic. Hello. I saw you sitting in the corner of the bar. <laughs> And I thought to myself, there's a pretty girl who needs a drink in her hand. Uh, wow. Uh, well, well, thank you for the drink. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for the butt grub <laughs> that I put my hand onto. Do you know what time it is? Uh, no. Uh, what time is it? Time for you to put your mouth on the penis time. <laughs> Sorry for bringing it forward. I'm a little drunk on vodka pudding pops. V- uh, vodka See pudding pops. <laughs> He's had about seven vodka pudding pops. Right? Uh, yeah, seven uh, vodka pudding pops. I- I've never had that before. Have you ever had a pudding pop shoved in your pudding pop? Stop. <laughs> uh, uh, last night, actually, ran to Eddie Griffin. He's kind of into that kind of thing. See ya! <laughs> Yo. It's like he just leaves on yeah, right? son's name. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's Let Gene Simmons. That's Gene Simmons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mike Catherwood, so, yeah, right. who are you going to bring to the celebrity serenade table? Gene, Sim- Gene Simmons is going to come. Oh, perfect. Gene Simmons, perfect. Oh, look at that. All right. Uh, a legendary ladies' man. Okay. So, it'll, it'll be great. Bartender. Uh, I'll be bartender. Uh, excuse me, miss. Yes. Uh, I I know this is Las Vegas and we we got a lot of crazy Ooh, things. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, well, uh, we have a we have a gentleman right here who oh my uh, God. would like to talk to you if that's okay with you. I would love that. Yeah, I'm just by myself, so. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, uh, what's your name? Uh, um, Christy. Christy, this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. Oh my God, we're the most important band in the world. I don't know if you know that. And I do know that. Um, I'm gonna cut right to the right to the chase. You know that Kiss. We oftentimes adorn our face. With white makeup, yeah. I would like to adorn your face with a white substance. Oh my! Can I? Would that make me an honorary member of the band? 
Well, we can discuss that afterwards. I'll make you sign a contract first because not sure. only am I going to bukaki you, but you're going to bukaki. Oh my god, I've heard that song before. You're going to owe me seventy five dollars when you're done <laughs> because I've actually copyrighted. Wait, I owe you for the bukaki. Gene Simmons. That yes, I've actually copyrighted shooting loads on someone's face. So anytime it's done, whether it be here tomorrow night or in in Bangladesh, someone has to pay me some money. Oh my god. Um. So. Okay, now I have a friend. Uh-huh. Does she have to pay you too, or can we get like a two for one bukkake? No, no. Um, but what your what your friend can do is sit on my face right here because I noticed that we're lacking in bar stools. Yes. So there's plenty of room right here on my face. But <laughs> right. But this face right here, if it's used as a stool, by the way, new kiss stools at kissami.com. Everybody, nine ninety nine. Oh Perfect my god. Christmas gift. Um, you can actually Father's sit on my Day. face. That's going to cost her eighty three dollars to sit on my face. That's right. It's so expensive to bukkake and sit on your face. Why is that? Well. Let me tell you why. A lot of people like to point fingers at Gene Simmons of Kiss and yes. the band Kiss because we merchandise so much. But every band wanted to be the Beatles. Kiss wanted to be Coca-Cola. My does God, that make sense so to you? beautiful. It totally does. All right, good. Now, let me see your vagina. Gene <laughs> <laughs> well Simmons, well everyone. Well done. Well done. Gene Simmons. That's great. Gene Simmons, stop by. Yeah. It's a great guy. <laughs> oh, my God. That, 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 that is a great impression. Thank That's you. A fantastic impression. Oh. It's the only it's the only impression I do that is I actually try to be an impression because mm-hmm. the right. rest are just like super mockeries. Uh, like I just do Manny Ramirez. Like, All right, hey everybody, <laughs> I'm Manny Ramirez play a, a, a Los Angeles Dodger, and then we play Oakland A's. He's home run hooray. He's like <laughs> that's a great Manny Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have never heard of Manny Ramirez before. Oh, it's Manny Ramirez. All right, so let's do a little scene here. I'm going to be uh, the the manager okay. of the uh, A's, uh, whoever that is. And uh, so Manny, we're thinking about uh, maybe putting you in right field tonight. How do you feel about Manny that? Manny Ramirez, where that? No, okay. Right, it's no, true. No, no, what I say is we're going to put you in right field. Like no, love balloons. You have uh, balloons. That's right. I'm putting you in right field, man. All right. Right field. Hooray. Manny Ramirez play for Harlem Globetrotters. Okay. Well, that's not the team you're playing for. No. Well, okay. Well, you're on the A's, and tonight you're going to be batting third and playing right field. Hey, mister. Have you ever been to Korea? Hey, mister. Have you ever been to Korea? Uh, no, I haven't, Manny. Uh, All right. Eat your vegetables. is good for your hair. <laughs> okay. Hooray. Well, you know what? I, I do eat vegetables, and Hooray. I don't know if it is Yay. good. Hooray. All right. Okay. You're Manny cheering. Ramirez, love home run. Oh, great. Well, well hopefully you hit, you hit a couple tonight, yeah. man. You're batting right. third. Hey, do you know my pool hair have dreadlock, too? I did know that, Manny, because you're showing me right now. Right. You're showing me. All right. Look, I think look. Manny Ramirez cock look like rabbi. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> and what's the name of your rabbi cock, Manny? Oh, yeah. That's a great Manny Ramirez. That is awesome. I just remember when he used to play for the Dodgers, you know, I'm a big Dodger fan, I, I'd go to the ballpark and you'd look at him in left field, you're like, that guy's like a 12-year-old. I, just right. to, I was like, I pay anything to know what's going through that guy's head right now, because it's certainly not baseball. Yeah, he's, he's just sitting there looking around going, oh, you yeah. know, the, I, I would really, really be good if a butterfly came down. Yeah, oh, look at pretty butterfly. Hooray. <laughs> and, even, and even some of his interviews like almost yeah. seemed like that ridiculous where they asked him about the game, and it was just so like generic and vague, and he wasn't really getting specific. Yeah, so Manny, uh, as a left fielder, why were you the cutoff man on a throw to third? <laughs> I don't know. It seemed like a fun time for me. <laughs> it was a fun time yeah. for me. Isn't it like a good idea at the time? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was great. Uh, 
our 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 guest today Is that has it? been yeah that's it we got we, we did the whole hour yeah uh, our guest today has been Mike Catherwood follow him on Twitter at Mike Catherwood listen to him on the Loveline program which is broadcast nationwide and uh, Mike thank you thank you for coming in today really it's do my appreciate pleasure, it. guys thank you, you so were much. great man follow Brad at Ed Funny Brad uh, me at, at Adam Ray Comedy all my videos at AdamRayTV.com and uh, check out uh, Three's Too Much coming up next. With the crew talks Cosby's weddings and the return of Justine the Machine, the do 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 Theo. The crew's gonna talk Cosby's apparently. All right. Well, good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, look on Adam's website and my website for tour dates. I know I'm coming to uh, Denver and I'll Cleveland, be in Brea, and, uh, Brea, Chicago, Seattle, and uh, and subscribe on iTunes. All right, this has been the About Last Night podcast. Thank you guys so much, and please try to remember our names in the morning. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleisinger, Schleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>